He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. What's up all my slick talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends at Hostfully. Now these are the days where enough is enough with managing multiple calendars for your properties in order just to make sure you don't get double booked. And not having a website for your guests to get to know your story and book direct? You can stop stressing, at least a little bit, and check out my friends at Hostfully. Hostfully was created by hosts for hosts, and they understand the importance of centralizing operations, inboxes, calendars, and of course, keeping up with the times and the industry data. You can go to hostfully.com, use my code SLICKTALK20 to get access to their digital guidebooks and their property management software. I use them as well, and I love the simplicity of their product. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now sit back and enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Will Slickers, and you are listening to a bonus episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, where my friend Steve Turk and I jumped on the Spotify live app that's a lot like Clubhouse and had a casual conversation about our perspectives on the industry. We had some cool live viewers tune in. We even had our friend John Stokinger, who is with Hopper Homes, join the episode. Now, do note that the audio quality may not be the best in some areas, but that's what you get with live platforms like this. So thank you so much for tuning in to this bonus episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. And now back to the episode. You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. Will Slickers. There he is. I can hear him. What is up? Live, live from Miami. Live, We're here. Mr. Miami made it to Spotify Live. I love it. So pumped. Uh, are you on your, your beautiful microphone there? I'm not. I am calling live from the iPro Max 13 phone. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Dude, I'm super excited. Um to be able to do this with you, this is uh, a fun platform. I, you know, we're both used to Clubhouse, I think. Um, but when I saw Spotify, you know, revamped the Spotify Live, um, I got excited because I felt like Clubhouse kind of kind of died a little bit. So excited to have you uh, do the first one with me, man. Well, I'm excited to be here. Talk all things hospitality. Let's do it. Perfect. Well. To jump in, um, today's topic is going to be the state of the industry from our perspectives. Now, we're calling this the state of the industry industry from our perspectives because with a lot of people asking us the question, what's it like behind the scenes as a person in media? 
And, you know, it just makes sense to come here and ask each other more questions head on to ask and figure out what the answer really is behind all of this. Um, so I'm Will Slickers and joining me, obviously, for the first time, Spotify Live, Steve Turk, a hospitality expert, and as I like to call, Mr. Miami. So <laughs> let's do this. Steve, do you want to give yourself a, a quick intro so anyone who's listening or tuning in on the live or the replay can uh, you know, get to know who you are a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Steve Turk, born and raised in Miami, uh, longtime hospitality executive working at some major brands like... Nobu, Mandarin Oriental, Lowe's Hotels most recently, and then launched my company, Turk Hospitality Ventures. I'm a hospitality entrepreneur where we've got a consulting uh, company. Uh, we've got a vacation rental management company. We've got a podcast company. And very soon to launch, which we won't say the name yet, comes out on May 23rd is a coffee company. So we'll be sharing that soon. A lot of fun stuff going on. And uh, a little, little exciting news. I actually got uh, a notification in my email box today that my coffee shipment uh, is on its way. So I'm so pumped for a great cup of yeah. coffee that, of course, we won't name. But yeah, it's going <laughs> to be great, man. Well, awesome. I think let's just jump right in. Um, for anyone who's listening, again, to live or to the replay, uh, Steve has been on my show, Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast. Uh, once before, I've been on his show, The Hospitality Mentor, uh, where he is actually now part of our podcast network. So obviously, we'll go into that a little bit later. But um, so questions I have for you, Steve, because like you just set up and said, so yourself, you know, you were in the hotel world, you were an executive. Um, but now that you set up your own business for success prior to leaving, so meaning you've already been or had paying clients and services and structure in place. What have you, you know, seen behind the scenes of operators and these big players in the industry? You mean like in the hotels and what they're doing, or if somebody wants to get started themselves? Uh, I would say the hotels. Let's go for them them first. Yeah, I mean, right now everyone is trying to figure out how to get back to full strength. Um, there's a lot of openings on all the hotel and restaurant teams that I've seen, and even country clubs. Uh, so that's really the major question is they have the business and the travelers coming, but they have giant gaps in labor of how they're going to take care of everyone who's coming back. So you see hotels charging these crazy high rates to try and slow people down from coming, but people are still booking these hotels now at crazy rates and expecting amazing service. And it's kind of this catch 22 is like, we don't have the team to do it. We thought you wouldn't book at this price, but you booked it. Now we got to take great care of you, which then stresses the team out a little bit more. So it's interesting to see where this continues to go. Um, and they're trying to see, we raise wages. So wages are going up, but people are, so, you know, I think people are starting to get a little nervous and trying to figure out how they're going to staff hotels, whether it's from people with J1 visas, H2B visas, uh, get some new people into the country that want to fill these roles. Uh, so it's interesting to see what's happening. I agree. And why do you think, people are booking at in such insane rates. Like I think part of it really is that we don't have um, a lot of option. If that makes sense. So, you know, we kind of, yeah, I think that the, the rates are high really in, you know, like the destination cities, right? So everywhere people want to go, which is like the resorts, mountains, skiing, national parks, the rates are bananas 
and people are paying it. So I just think people have been pent up for so long that they have these dream vacations they want to go on and realize life's short. So they want to go travel. And you would think, so if hotels are now getting insanely, you know, high rates than normal, you think mm-hmm. they would be able to pay people more? Is it people that they're not paying people more or is it people just don't want to work in those environments anymore due to, you know, realizing like, Hey, I can work a great tech job or whatever from yep. my living room. I think it's a, uh, look, I had a six figure bartender, right? Making over a hundred thousand dollars and he is never coming back. And he said he learned when he was out on his COVID break, what was really important, he just never taken a break. So now he's selling cars, right? And he's making similar money selling cars and has more time off to control his schedule and he can live a better life, right? So I think you see a lot of people like that, even myself, right? Look, my role, I left six months ago and they raised the salary $50,000. And that still probably wouldn't entice me to go back yet, right? Maybe... Maybe a couple more fifties, but <laughs> you know. a couple more fifties. Yeah. yeah. But you know, that's what's happening. You know, well, and, mm-hmm. it's funny that you say that. Cause like you've had an entrepreneurial experience before Turk hospitality ventures. So would, do you think you could actually go back to work for a, a nine to five quote unquote uh, for someone else? Uh, that's a great question. You never say never. Right. Uh, I enjoy being able to work on the things that I like doing. And if you work for a corporate job, that's not always the case. There's other things that you have to do that you're not going to love, especially in hotels um, and in hospitality. It's all day, every day. It never closes. The doors don't lock. So there's going to be things that you have to do um, that I don't think are going away because there's not enough people to service the guests. So I like working on projects, creating things, and I got far away from that. I was actually being a barista on certain days. And this is an 800 room hotel. I was a barista on Saturdays. I was a pool attendant on Sundays. I was a housekeeper on Fridays. So that doesn't allow a lot of people to be creative and to really focus on making things better. And that's getting somewhat better, but you talk to a lot of general managers they are still doing that. Well, you, you get to interview a lot of general managers on, on your show. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, are they, like you don't have to share this information, but you know, is the scheduling a little bit crazy because they're being pulled to housekeeping. They're being pulled to room service or bartending or all this other stuff while they're also trying to get on a podcast with you. Yeah. Well, the general managers at the larger hotels are a little bit more insulated. They're helping out like for sure. Like my last property that in the, the worst in the thick of it, he was in the hotel rooms, pulling sheets off beds, right? Is that the best use of time for a six-figure executive running, you know, a gigantic hotel? Probably not. not. Um, But it's still happening at the lower tiers, like the directors of departments. um, The division heads are still helping out. I see it still. Like I have one client right now, Miami Beach, 400-room hotel. General manager was helping in the kitchen right? Still happening where they're expediting and the hotel manager was helping fold towels just because people decided to call out that day. So you got to step up and make it happen. That was last week. Yeah, no, that's, that's good. Um, so let's go back into then on your podcast, the hospitality mentor, obviously, like we just said, you interview some big names. 
Um, and I know there's a lot of good content off screen as a podcaster myself. So you get a, you get done with the episode, you hit stop record. And then usually this is probably the experience that you're experiencing, experiencing as well. Usually like, man, that was awesome. Great experience. I, I believe making a podcast to be an enjoyable experience for your guests is uh, really important. Um, they usually give you a lot of good insider info off of that recording, right? Like, on recording, you're kind of on stage. Off recording, you got to let your guard down a little bit. So has this changed how you structure your content or your projects that you're currently working on with these hotels or with any of the other brands that you are uh, associated with? Yeah, I mean, for sure, it's a very helpful tool. So I started the podcast not to be a podcast host, was really to generate leads for my business. And... It's actually done way better than I thought because now people are reaching out to be on the show, which is amazing to see. Uh, so what I have seen is that we have great talks and some people are so busy that we get done with the talk and it goes longer than expected and they hop off because they got to run, but they send me a beautiful email afterwards and then we meet up actually. So an example today, I had a guest of a major resort, one of the biggest in the country. Podcast went great couldn't stay online, but invited me to have lunch with him. And I just had lunch with him today at his beautiful hotel, right? And we had a two hour lunch catching up. So you're starting to see some actual good friendships created, which I wasn't expecting doing a podcast, but some of the best parts come right after where people have let their guard down, the adrenaline's down a little bit from being on a podcast. And they give me the inside scoop of what's really happening at major brands. They tell me what they're working on. They ask me for advice, which is always cool as a consultant. Um, but that's really where you get, I think if you leverage it the right way, if you're hosting a podcast, you can really make great connections for a long time in the future. hundred percent. And I, I love that you said that, um, that way in particular, because, uh, when I started mine, it was, I was a young front office hotel manager, uh, couldn't find many podcasts that I liked. Um, and not that I created mine because I was gonna, you know, thinking I was all that I was really hungry. So when, you know, creating slick talk and not thinking it, it was going to be a full-time thing, more or less using it as a tool to say, Hey, I want to learn from these experts around the world. And unfortunately I was in a market that wasn't one, the most uh, mentorship friendly where it was like, Hey, you go do your own thing and leave me alone. Um, or you clock in, you clock out type deal. And so podcasting really allowed me as a, as a young, you know, 22 year old who was just getting their feet wet in the industry uh, to really learn and to, to get that mentorship um, that I was seeking personally. So I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, I probably should bite my tongue when I say this. I think everyone that is curious to learn or whatever um, they're, they're really seeking from their industry or their job or entrepreneurship uh, should look at podcasting as a, as a great outlet and tool to kind of get your foot in the door. When I know a lot of people kind of joke about, you know, everyone's got a podcast these days, right? That's what it feels like, but really there's only a very few amount of podcasters out there. And one of them just joined our live stream. What up, John? Good to see you. Um, and so it's just funny that, you know, a lot of people think it's a little bit scary and whatever, but you could really use it as a great tool to, um, to kind of educate yourself and, and get your foot in the door with a lot of these, these companies and people that you look up to and all that other good stuff. So I think podcasting is a really powerful, uh, medium and outlet. 
I see it for me. Look, in building a business, there's people I reached out to. They're like, oh, I don't have time to meet right now. But as soon as I flipped it and said, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? They had time. And it just worked out great that way. So I love it. I mean, what do you see? You you started off in hotels, but your podcast is a lot of vacation rentals because you want to learn more about vacation rentals. You started it. Um, well, I'm still. I try to balance both, but um, a lot of the the guests for the short term rental side is that um, as a hotel manager, I became you know very involved in the day to day, not just of the rooms, but of housekeeping and and of course food and beverage and everything else that kind of went into it. And uh, the one thing I kept seeing was I was very fascinated with revenue management. So revenue strategy, how do we get the best ADRs? How do we get the best occupancy? How do we tur- you know, lower our turnover costs um, in order to make those numbers perform better as well? And the one thing I kept seeing, because the last hotel that I worked at, uh, my last day was December 27th, 2019. Uh, and the last, uh, that hotel itself was a condominium hotel. So it had, you know, full suite kitchen, uh, jetted tubs, balconies, like it was pretty much a condominium. Um, mm-hmm. And the one thing I saw that they weren't doing, which we were losing tons of money on in a, in a very heavy vacation rental uh, heavy market was that they weren't listing on Airbnb. And not that that's the only platform to list on to get short-term rental revenue, but um, I was seeing that Airbnb and VRBO and um, all these platforms were gen like these properties on those platforms were generating insane numbers for these bigger events out on the coast and all this other stuff. So again, long story short, I just started to see that there wasn't a lot of differences from hotels to short-term rentals. Obviously, um, I, you know, my opinion is that we're kind of hybrid now. I think vacation rentals and hotels are kind of blurring, but, um, you know, I, so that was a great you know, revenue source and that all of a sudden turned into more curiosity and that turned into more and more realizing that short-term rentals was solving the problems within hotels. So technology, um, scalability, X, Y, and Z. So I just became very fascinated and then started my own vacation rental company um, because it was a great barrier to entry. Uh, I couldn't own a hotel at 23 or 24 years old, but I could uh, manage a vacation home at that age and learn how to kind of grow from there. That's interesting, man. You know, you mentioned something like the blurring of lines and I was just talking about this on Friday. So like a Sonder, right? We have friends at Sextant. We have, you know, all different kinds of companies that didn't make it through the pandemic, but that are in like a part hotels. I don't know if I like that term, but yeah, I agree. Are they not hotels to you? Like I see them as limited service hotels. I don't see them as limited service. I, I, I really kind of love the word hybrid. Because mm-hmm. you can kind of pick how you want to experience the the property. Um, you know, we'll get into this kind of question in, in phase later. But, you know, the, the high tech, high touch, um, I think is really fascinating because the guest has, now has the option of how they want to experience your brand. So if it's high tech, high touch, they can decide, you know, I want to talk to... Uh, I'll just call her out Brandy at Sexton stays today because I'm feeling in a chatty, personable mood mm-hmm. or I don't want to talk to anybody. I get my check-in instructions automated to me. I know where the, how to work a smart lock, you know, X, Y, and Z, all that stuff. Um, they can kind of really pick how they want to experience that property. Um, and now Sexton and that whole team is a, is a unique one. So we can't really use them as a perfect example because they're doing a lot of stuff differently than a lot of other industry or other operators in the industry. 
That's in true. A good, in a good way. But yeah. yeah, I don't know. That's kind of my perspective. What about you? Yeah, I'm trying to figure it out myself, right? If like I look at so- like Saunders in a building right next to where I live. And to me, it's just a limited service hotel. There's no front desk. There was no one to help someone. Like they were asking me for directions when I was outside at a coffee shop there. I was like, all right, they're paying a lot to be there. Um, but I also get what they're trying to do. But I think it's just a hotel. It's just a different style hotel. It's not a short-term rental. But I like what you're saying. is using the word hybrid. I haven't heard that yet. Like a hybrid hotel. Yeah. Yeah, it's very interesting. But who knows? It's uh, There's so much to unpack with that alone. Um, I would be curious, you know, the, it's I see it in a walking distance yeah. from my place. I did a, you know, mile walk sextant has these cool historic homes in an area getting flooded with 50 story buildings. And then Sonder has a building. Um, and then sextant has a building. So it's interesting to see how it's all mixing together. I agree. And I think we're going to see more like, uh, again, this kind of goes into that previous question of behind the scenes, right? Like we get, a lot of behind the scenes scoop and we get to see what's coming up and it's really cool. Cause uh, I think again, not to call them out, but Sextant is doing some really cool stuff that's going to be you know announced in the future on guest experience and allowing people to experience that high tech, high touch type uh, capability. So um, yeah, man, it's just, there's so much to go into uh, with it. But again, I think what we've kind of seen is podcasting has really kind of pushed us into this direction of you're curious. Cool. Find somebody, ask them to be on the show, ask them the questions that you want to ask because they're more likely going to relate to your audience. So that's true. uh, Yeah. hundred percent. Well, um, I also have a next question, but Steve, are you, you cool with our our friend, John, uh, joining us on stage? Yeah, man. John, get in here. All right. Let's do the invite. Let's see what we can do here. There he is. John, what up? Can you hear us? You got to take off your mute. I did that when we started, John. <laughs> yeah, you got to unmute yourself. All right, maybe. Maybe one day. Uh, we'll, we'll get there. John, we're going to keep on with the conversation. So if you... Uh, Pop in when you're ready. There he is. I, f- I figured it out. Nice. It's not, that it much, out. it's not that much different from Clubhouse, but still. How are y'all doing? How about you? Good. I am great. Thanks for the invite. Of course. What are you doing on this fine Monday? You know, just uh, just trying to go ahead and get some more uh, get some more market share with uh, with my day job. And uh, I saw you were you were live, so I wanted to jump on and see what this this new uh, this Spotify live thing was all about. Yeah, man. Uh, question for you: What? Oh, one. Uh, for anyone who's listening again, live or replay, um, John is part of Hopper Homes. He's also host or co-host, whatever, however you want to structure it, uh, of the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast on HFM as well. And uh, I think it would be cool to get your opinion on kind of hybrid. Do you see the same thing that we were just talking about or uh, are we just completely blind and missing something? No, I, I, I like the term hybrid as well. And no, I, I'm, I, I think that, that they're, they're definitely blurring. The, it, it depends on the market. You know, I think in a more urban market, you're going to have a more of a, a blur. You're going to have more of a, a need to, 
to diversify your offerings. Um, there is less of this than say a straight uh, short-term rental market, like a vacation rental market. Um, so I, I definitely see that happening and in, in, in converging into more of a, a blurred hybrid model as opposed to just, uh, you know, especially in those markets, as opposed to you know, differentiating itself as a hotel or a short-term rental. Very interesting. I agree. I think, you know, you have like, we can use our friend uh, in uh, Chattanooga, right? That's such a different market compared to downtown Denver or Miami or, um, you know, wherever else we're kind of talking about. So the property style definitely difference and makes that experience different as well. So it's been interesting for me, for me as well uh, with putting my Hopper Homes hat on, you know, where, where my focus is, you know, snagging inventory in, in top markets for where say, you know, Hopper, you know, searches are happening on the Hopper, you know, app, you know, which, which have, you know, our top 25 markets, I would say three quarters of them are a, you know, an urban destination. So I, I've had to kind of familiarize myself with these markets more than I've ever had to do in the past with, you know, where working at either, you know, the property management software or other aspects of, of this industry, but the focus was definitely more of a vacation destination. Um, so it's been, it's been a great, uh, fast learning curve for me is understanding, you know, the ins and outs of, of the urban destination and, and how, and I still have a ton to learn, but just how it all works. It's been fun. You feel like you're always learning in our industry, both of you. Oh, for sure, man. This never ends. Everything keeps changing because people's likes and dislikes keep changing. Yeah, I agree with that. It's, uh, <laughs> if the, the day I stop learning is the the day I've just done trying, you know, it's, I, I know nothing. That's how I go into every day is, is knowing nothing. And as long as I can come out of, uh, out of every day with a little, a new nugget that I, I feel that I've, I've, uh, I'm gaining. So it's, it's fun. Yeah, I like that. I I know nothing, but hopefully I can learn or end the day of knowing something. Uh, it's always a classic. Um, sweet. Well, I want to ask this in next question. Um, so, okay, here we go. We're all, I, I'm going to assume John's in this group as well, but we're all big fans of the term of what I like to call balanced hospitality, like we were just talking about. So high tech uh, with the intentional high touch, meaning tech won't replace the human connection and ability to make moments, but we can use it to replace the tedious tasks that staff teams uh, don't really need to be doing or wasting their time on. So my question, and we'll go with Steve first and then John second if you want to join in, um, is, is there anything in particular that you're seeing that allows operators to do this, to have that balanced hospitality with the intention of high tech, low touch, if the guest chooses to go either route. Well, I just, you know, with technology, I just left a resort today. So we'll say without saying the name of it, it's over a thousand rooms and I had lunch with the general manager. And I think what we're going to see, at least in hotels, and this is not for vacation rental part yet, is there are so many job openings right now. Uh, that technology is going to have to fill the gap in assisting the team members that are working their butts off in those places right now, right? So it needs to 
happen quickly. And you're starting to see it with like fast food restaurants starting to use some technology in the back of house that guests don't see, whether it's robotics or new systems to get ordering faster or somehow to assist the servers in being faster or taking the guests and letting them place orders. So it takes pressure off anyone taking the orders. The team members have to get more efficient because I don't think that these team members are coming back anytime soon. So whatever technology can help teams be more efficient is the ones that are going to be most prevalent and used. Hey, I hope you guys are enjoying this episode, and I wanted to drop in quickly to let you know that our partners at Jetstream have some of the best-in-class technology that sits at the heart of the guest experience with a focus on generating revenue for your property assets. With their platform, your property gets the best-in-class tech and integrations to remote access, guest screening, booking protection, and payment processing. Better yet, their team does all of the hard work of 24-7 guest communication and content creation. So go ahead, click the link in the show notes so you can jump on board today and take advantage of their professional hospitality team. Now, we're back to the episode. On the, uh, that's a great answer, and I, I see that as well on the, on the uh, short-term rental side. The, where, where AI and machine learning and automation all come in, come in is you know this it's it's definitely on the guest experience side of things as well you know you're gonna having the ability to go ahead and and you know it's necessary as well just like you know steve mentioned on the the hotel air side and the hotel side is you know there is a lack of workers there's a lack but but there's more and more jobs that are needing filled every day and this this tech is you know it's necessary for these companies to stay, you know, moving forward in a way that in which, you know, that the, their trajectory is already going anyways. And w- without the adoption of tech, some of these companies are getting left behind. And this is where you're seeing, um, you know, in the on the acquisition front, you're seeing companies going in and saying, you know, hey, we've already passed this company up. They have a great loyal customer base they're you know two or three years behind in tech um you know they're they're looking because of this they potentially might be looking to sell we can go in go ahead and acquire and transition them all over to our tech stack which is you know has xyz different you know you know automations that go ahead and uh and to make the guest experience in, in every aspect of it better and, and you're seeing these companies thriving that have adopted, you know, a, a high touch, you know, automation kind of thing. Yeah. Like the, the main thing that makes me, you know, the, the kind of thought or memory that comes to my forefront when I think about balanced hospitality is that when I was a front office manager, I remember and hated how many checklists we had at the front desk, not just the front desk, but even housekeeping. And it was like, man, why are we paying all this money for a, a software that doesn't even work properly, that has to have us do all of this tedious tasks that are pointless, like checking the, the booking engine, to making sure that it's connecting to the proper OTAs and the reservations are coming in right to then display into the property management software. Because for some reason, booking.com or Expedia, not to call any of those channels out, but weren't pulling through. And then all of a sudden you have to have, you know, your front office agent checking X, Y, and Z things while a guest is trying to check in and they have to do it at a certain time or else it messes with the reservations. And it was just so 
frustrating, not only on our side as an operator, but the guest side, because then they'd be walking in on a like an audit report and it's like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't use the computer because I have to pull through all these reservations that should automatically come into my system. But for some reason, we're paying tons of money for it not to do that. Um, so that for me is like one big thing. And I know that a lot has changed from 2019 uh, when I was last doing that, but still, that's such a frustrating point for the operators and the guests at the same time. Um, so I think, you know, it's going to be, I hope that a traveler, because us on stage, anyone listening as an operator can suggest this change, can voice this change on LinkedIn, can, you know, talk to other hoteliers or short-term rental property managers to do this stuff. But at the end of the day, until the traveler fully demands this type of, um, you know, attention to detail when it comes to trust but verify your tech right where you don't need to be doing these tedious tasks you need to be focusing on being available for your 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 fellow teammates or for your guests that's where i think the guest needs to kind of get on that demand and start forcing the industry to kind of go that way a little bit more yeah i think you're starting to see it now a lot of hotels two years ago didn't have a texting service right and now so many are using you know, Zingle and some other technologies that are out there to be able to text everyone, right? One, I guess we're wanting it, but two, it also made the team more efficient. So you didn't have to have all these people answering phones at a PBX or an operator station, right? So they were able to jump in, make things more efficient for the team because the guests were wanting to talk that way. They wanted on-demand texting. Um, so I'm thinking you're starting to see it really start to cream in because hotels is a long and sometimes hard sell, but now they're starting to speed up really fast and in, in adopting technology and trying things out. I think that this is also a, you know, you're talking about, you know, things not propagating correctly, you know, with the channels and, and whatnot into a, you know, hotel software or whatever software you're using. I think this is a big, and it's been a big, you know, waving of the flag for like a unified, you know, you know, uh, API code that's, that's clean and, and everyone's on the, the same page with it where, you know, on, for, for connecting tech, it's, you know, the problem is when, you know, one company is doing it one way, another company is doing it another way and another is doing it a third way. If you can go ahead and clean that code up and everyone's kind of going in with a similar standard, it's going to make this a lot easier. And we're starting to see that now there's still some, uh, some outliers and there's some, some holdouts, um, but they're, the code's getting cleaner, the, and the, the you know, double bookings and the lack of propagation is actually, you know, reducing it exponentially compared to was, you know, back in 2019, like you mentioned, Will. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, it's very, I don't know. And I've, I've seen the vacation rental tech kind of be very different from the hotel, um, where it just it's it's faster you're able to I, I feel like scale a little bit more um and make decisions and and get the changes that need to be done uh a little bit differently and faster um so yeah it's it's very interesting to to watch but yeah it's there's so much to go into that um i'm already getting like sidetracked by multiple other thoughts and stuff <laughs> going through my head <laughs> uh but um, let's go into this other one. So 
We we both know that there are a lot of topics covered on a daily basis in our industry, from operations to training and lack of staffing, as we just discussed. So what's something that's not being talked about as much, but really should be? Because I think, you know, being on the media side, we do get to see a lot of behind the scenes uh, within the industry, whether it's hotels or short-term rentals. Um, but, you know, I think there's some some topics that get over-glorified and some that get under-glorified. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. All right. Great question. I've, there's a lot of things happening. And, you know, we talked about this a little bit uh, with the team. I see a lot of teams that are really stressed out and overworked and they really want to do their best, especially in hotels and restaurants and even any service industry. And for whatever reason, I haven't seen this where the guests are being way more aggressive and not understanding why we talked about this at the beginning. They're paying a ton of money to go places now, right? So they're expecting to get their dream vacation, but not truly understanding how stretched thin the team is not only because there's not enough team members, but there's also not enough supplies. Like I was at a hotel, on Thursday, they were out of Fiji water. There was no water. And I, before I left the hotel, we would run out of Coke. There was no Coca-Cola being delivered, right? So the guests don't understand that part. I'm trying to make sure I am a megaphone for people when they travel to be a little bit more patient because I haven't seen such a big uptick in guests being thrown out of hotels. It's happening a lot of places where guests are being asked to leave the hotel for their behavior. So... I don't think we talk enough about how we should be when we're traveling and just being empathetic to the people who are working and trying to take care of us as best they can. 100%. Well, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie. I'm guilty of this. Not that I get aggressive and like angry and yell and all this other stuff, but when you are paying like $500 a night for a hotel, it's normally, let's say on a high season, 280, maybe 300. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that does put the, the, you know, thought of like, okay, like I should have the, not perfect, there's nothing perfect, but a fantastic experience. I should be, you know, a highlight of the attention. I should be, you know, conversated when I want to be conversated with. I, you know, should have water in the hotel room, X, Y, and Z. Um, but the, it's hard because like knowing from the industry, you, you kind of see this and you're like, oh man, I need to be empathetic. But man, sometimes there are some things where I'm like, I, I've been noticing a lot um, with just common sense. And I don't know if this is just me being kind of, a, a, uh, I won't say it, but maybe being <laughs> a little bit of a jerk, but I, was, I don't know. I was going to say, I just, I feel like there's some people that are missing common sense. I'm like, what is going on? Like, how did you not notice this one change or this one thing? Uh, I was asking uh, somebody yesterday, I'll, I'll use this as an example. I have a favorite energy drink. Uh, I saw that they were doing a you know, super special sale. Celsius? Celsius? No, it's not that. Uh, I've been hearing people are getting like heart murmurs from that stuff. Um, (laughs) but I've been, I've been drinking ghost and, uh, and it was like two for four bucks. And I was like, dude, I pay like way more for uh, an eight pack than, than I would get for, or a four pack than I would get for an eight. Um, so anyways, I asked the store clerk, I was like, are you guys going, are, are you d- d- like doing an exclusive sale? Are you just trying to get rid of them? Were they not selling well? Like, did you have any kind of reason of the, the super discount? Like seriously, I was paying like maybe a dollar 50, uh, total, uh, without, uh, um, after my discount. Anyways, long story short, they're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't drink them. It's like, <laughs> what? 
I don't care if you drink them. Like you're supposed to know what's going on in your store, uh, especially when you're attached to a hotel, you know, all the stuff. So anyways, there's just some common sense I feel like is missing with people now. And that it could be the overwhelming, you know, uh, flood of things yeah. needing to happen and, and be done. There's a lot of new people getting hired, not trained, yeah. right? Because there's no one to train them. And then the other big thing I'm seeing is staffing companies are being used heavily, at least down here. I don't know about other cities, but in South Florida and all of Florida, their staffing companies are coming in and you're using the staff that only lasts a couple of days because they don't know what to expect. They're showing up and then lasting a couple of days and then heading out. And so it's just like this big flow of staffing agency and sometimes key positions, not all just supports and they're the face of your company. So that makes it a big challenge when you're going into a hotel because they're trying to cover the gap of how many people are missing to take care of the person paying $500 a night because they raised the price because they didn't want you to book in the first place. Right? So it's an interesting mix of what we're starting to see across the board. Can you, can you even say like, I don't know. Do you, do you notice this with any people that you guys know um, operators or, or whatever, but um, the, I think we're missing, like people go to the website and I feel like some operators do pretty well on keeping everything updated. Uh, but I've been noticing that things will be on the website and it'll say, you know, call for COVID policies or to see what's changed since, you know, your last visit, et cetera. So I call one, you can't get people to answer the phone because again, there's not enough people and they're usually spread pretty thin. Uh, but two, when you do get someone, it's very rushed. They maybe don't listen um, ex, you know, et cetera. And then now there's a bunch of information that could be true. It could not be true. Um, how do you think, is there anything out there that's really helping people update and keep real, like, how do we get real time information from a hotel to its, you know, audience, which is of course the guest. Oof. What's Hopper do when someone calls Hopper? Uh, when someone comes calls Hopper, it's it's by vertical, and uh, we have a, a customer service team that you can actually call ahead and reach. Um, with that said, it's it's we're we're in an anomaly. Um, the you know and you know and then you know it's obviously making sure your customer service team is is uh, you know up to date with the most you know recent you know trends, and so I think that has to go with. Uh, like a working living document where, you know, whatever you want to go ahead and use on the back end that, that, but someone needs to own it. And if, and if we're talking high turnaround and we're talking, you know, constant, you know, new procedures and, you know, it's, I think that's hard to own um, in today's day and age, Um, you know, both hospitality and, you know, in restaurants. I mean, the interesting thing for me is like, you know, when I was traveling, uh, I was down in the panhandle on a month and a half ago, right before, right before spring break hit. And, and I hadn't traveled for a little bit. And so I traveled down there and I was trying to go ahead and reach a, a restaurant. Um, and just try to, you know, want to go ahead and book, you know, like 10, like a 10 top to go ahead and, and get some clients and get some different partners and get a, get some area in there. And we couldn't, uh, you know, no one even picked up the phone. And I didn't realize that that was a new trend, that restaurants are just not answering their phones anymore. And I had to do a little research and understand why they weren't answering their phones. But to me, that was, it was baffling because I'm like, listen, I'm going to throw some money down. I'm ready to go ahead and, you know, get a, and, you know, book, book like either a room or whatnot there. And, and I couldn't get a hold of anybody. Um, 
And, you know, everything that happened this past two years has made it so where, you know, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but restaurateurs and people in that in that space, it would be such a time suck to go ahead and, you know, pick up the phone and answer my question as opposed to just me going and getting that information from the website, which wasn't updated, by the way, the website. So that was the other part that was a little bit tricky. Um, but I guess that's my roundabout weird uh, take on it. Yeah, I see it. I have a client now where I went to the hotel and I couldn't even spend my money. I want to get a coffee. Couldn't get a coffee. Line was too long. Went to sit down at the restaurant. Couldn't get a server to take care of me for like 30 minutes. And I think what we need to figure out in the industry is really using technology and just thinking differently. You know, I wouldn't mind if there was a QR code on the table and I could place my own order and someone just runs it to me, right? I don't need servers to serve and take the order and run back to place the order and then bring it back out and make six trips before I get my food and meal. Where if I just place my own order, it goes. And if I have a question, I can maybe buzz somebody over to come ask a question. You know, that may not work for all fine dining restaurants, but I think the majority of places that will work. Um, pool and beach service down here is the same thing, right? You go on vacation, dream about having that pina colada on the beach, and you got to hunt for someone to bring it to you. So, yeah. you know, the there's QR code, and also that, that uh, the use of that NFC is pretty mm-hmm. nice too. Just being able to tap your phone. Um, and have exactly pop up, not even have to go ahead and pop open the camera. I mean, I think that's going to blow Seriously. up even more than it already has. I'm about to buy a bunch of those for my home to, to automate my my life. Um, uh, you can get them for like 15 cents on Amazon, so pretty incredible stuff. And you can do a lot of series shortcuts with them. But um, well, kind of like mention what you what you were talking about, Steve. I think. Um, I was at a restaurant in San Francisco that they did that. It was like a QR code. Everyone pulls up and you're a part of a table. So you can like be a person of one. You could be a person of six or not person, but a group of six. And you guys could all order your own individual stuff and still be on the same bill. You can split the bill at the end. It was like this really cool experience because, you know, one, they were short staffed due to COVID and, and San Francisco is definitely way more uh, restrictive than a lot of other cities with that. But it was still a full restaurant. And uh, it was really cool because at the end of the day, it was just easy for all, all of us guys to to put in our drinks, to put in our food and have it come out uh, without ever having to really talk to anybody. Um, so I think, again, maybe there's a lesson or a theme that we can learn from short-term rentals, hotels, and restaurants is that flexibility. And I hate using that as a, as a buzzword, but flexibility with how people experience your place. Um, and I think that will you know, maybe allow people more, um, more freedom when it comes to really just serving guests and, and, uh, and patrons than, than anything. Noticing what, you know, coming out of, of everything that we've been through the past two years, it's, it's definitely changed, you know, customers, you know, customers are, you know, we're pretty, you know, you're either a type A customer or a type B customer, uh, prior to everything that's going on. And, and now, you know, and that would be like in person or online. And now it's, it's truly changed. And, and I, again, yes, flexible. It, like the, the, the businesses and that are able to go ahead and, and adopt and pivot and allow like multiple different ways to get from point A to point B are, are the ones that are going to thrive. 
Um, I got to jump off here in a little bit, but I wanted to kind of touch back real quickly on uh, what you at the question or that you asked earlier. You asked about, um, you know, a, a trend that, you know, that we're not seeing enough of in in the hospitality space that, that I would like to see more. We would like to see more. Um, something that I, I see in, in the in the short term rental vacation rental space a lot is there is a ton of attention to to negative news, negative news with regards to uh, things happening in, um, you know, Airbnbs and, you know, and I'm and I'm using air quotes. You can't see me here since this is audio, but the, yeah. uh, you know, Airbnb as a generalized term and as, as like Kleenex is to uh, facial tissues, the you know, where parties gone awry with, you know, things breaking with fires. And now these are the news getters. This is what's actually going ahead and showing up in your major news outlets. And I, what I would like to see is more attention brought to positivity and then like amazing things, almost like feel good stories that actually get media attention that paint a positive light and that are actual positive things to help with advocacy um, in our space, because in the short-term rental world, uh, we're up against a, a ton of regulations in multiple. It, right now, I can I can name you know 15 different municipalities across the country that are that you know, short-term rental owners and operators are having are fighting to go ahead and stay alive with their business uh, for various reasons. And, you know, the 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 negative aspects of, of these news that are 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 what these, you know, these people are fighting the you know, short term rental operators against. And there's a, but, you know, these parties, these, you know, not knowing who your neighbors are, these type of things. But there there's so many positive things that are happening that I don't think we're bringing enough attention to. So I think that if I could change anything with what's currently being pushed out in the media would be bring attention to more of these positive things that happen, not necessarily all the negatives. I totally agree. And one, one thing that just comes to mind right away is um, you, we all, well, I don't know, Steve, if you met him, but you definitely should. Uh, Ryan Dame, who's one of the partners at Casa Go, uh, he and I just had a, a podcast episode last week. And, you know, he was telling me about stories of this, this mom and her son who had Down syndrome, uh, coming to the office to give one of their team members a hug because she was so kind to them and was, you know, um, talking about the weather and helping them with all their trips and just brought uh, like a tearful moment to the kind of the, the episode. Um, and so I think, yes, a hundred percent, like we need more positive stories because yeah, it's just, there's a lot of negative and sometimes it can be really frustrating for especially since that we're all involved on the on the tech side and the operation side it's like we know so many good operators um but there's such a big attention to this industry and the segment of hospitality now that there's so many people getting into it without educating themselves so all the tools that we're aware of you know noise aware or auto host or safely or all these tools that help prevent parties that help screen guests that help um make everyone's kind of job a little bit easier People aren't like making themselves aware of it and they're not, and if they are aware of it, they're choosing actively not to implement it or they're not checking the regulation in their market or they're not, you know, getting the proper permits. And it's just like, ah, 
So I think we the the fight is a long fight with a lot of this. Um, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a yeah that's the best way I can say it, a long fight. I'm just gonna quickly uh, you you're name dropping there a bunch of different you know things like auto host and th- stuff like that. So I'm I'm gonna name drop a guest ranger who is part of the Casago family who was just on our podcast as well. So I love it. Yes, 50th episode, right? Absolutely. Love it. Gentlemen, thank you. Got to bounce. Of course. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. Well, uh, Steve, my man, we're running up on 50 minutes. Uh, Look at us. Look at us, man. (laughs) We've gone live for 50 minutes and we've had some some good amount of people show up and I've been watching the, the numbers. It's up and down, up and down, but it's cool. It's really cool to see the, the app actually being used. Yeah. Uh, Look, I man. told you, if we can get one person to listen, it'd be a success today. So to the <laughs> seven listeners out there, seven times our goal. Amen. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, Steve, I want to ask you kind of just some final question or questions. Uh, anything else kind of like at the top of your mind, um, whether it's podcast related, whether it's you know consulting related, whether it's tech, whether it's operations, leadership, anything, anything that you're seeing that's really forefront of your mind uh, over these last few weeks. Yeah, one, don't burn out your teams. I see a lot of people burning out their teams, um, and I've talked to the team members at a lot of different places with their vacation rentals. With our vacation rental company, is look, I'd rather work five days really hard or even a sixth day and get some overtime if I know I'm going to get three days off coming up at some point on my schedule, right? So try to use that as best you can with any of your teams. A lot of people have that as the benefit at their companies where they can like earn an extra day off if they work six days. So I would just encourage people don't burn out your teams, especially in in hospitality. You want them staying friendly and willing to do what it takes to succeed. Um, that's really my message to all the leaders out there. And if you're on a team that they're burning you out, suggest it, you know, talk to your, the owner of the company, the leader of your team, general manager of the hotel, you know, whatever it might be, make sure you take care of each other. I love it. Yeah. It's a team for a reason. It's not just you. It's not just somebody else. So mm-hmm. very important. And if you don't have a team and you're a solopreneur, make sure you schedule some time for yourself because you can get sucked into always going and burning out and stressing out, get some recharge time in hundred percent. The biggest thing um, I've been seeing cause solopreneur, I have a small team. We all, you know, I love the way we work and, and collaborate, but um, egg is lonely as a, solo entrepreneur whether it's you you're the only founder right and steve you probably real uh relate to this um but i think it's important for us to connect with other founders i know we do a lot of meetings every day but for me i've been really enjoying just like the no agenda meeting and i know that's like a lot of big um a lot i've been seeing a lot of stuff on linkedin like you know, don't attend a meeting if there's no agenda. Don't, you know, take uh, take care of your time. And it's like, yes, 100% a, a agree uh, in a lot of ways. But also make the make the meetings that don't have an agenda for a reason because it's just nice to connect. Um, you know, to give shout outs, it's uh, Francois from Enzo Connect. He and I just literally chatted and bullshitted for about 40 minutes uh, last week and just caught up. 
like no no agenda no trying to like make a deal or a partnership or anything it was just like hey man how are you doing what's going on what's exciting what's not exciting what are you trying to overcome just that and it was really really nice and i'm sure steve you probably feel the same when you get to chat with others so yeah that was uh, one thing i made sure to do this time around so when i owned my last company i did not do that um but this time around it's helpful to talk to other business owners because you get caught up in your own bubble sometimes for so long that you think it's everything is do or die. But once you talk to others, you know, you realize that it's everyone's going through similar things, just in different businesses, different industries. hundred percent. Well, thank you one Steve for joining me uh, to do this live. I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, Two, thanks to everyone who's tuned in live. You guys are awesome. Hope you've also enjoyed it. Um, Just to give, some understanding and, and some closures with the episode or not the episode this live. We are actually going to be turning this to an episode. So it is now Monday, April 25th, and we will be publishing this on Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast uh, this coming Friday. So be ready. If you weren't uh, a part of the live, you're listening to a recap. If you are part of the live, you can hear the full thing again. If you had any parts that you're just like, Oh man, I, Wish I heard that one more time because, you know, we're so, so smart and so beautifully voiced. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Thought me. Thought me <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you ever want to catch the replay, just check it out on this coming up Friday. Um, Steve, any last words from you? No, everyone. Have a wonderful day. We will uh, hopefully do this again soon. This was yes, fun. Sir. Let's use the app while we can. Uh, thank you, Steve. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing, and thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill-out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Podcast.